Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Come on. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride, Rich. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Just add Russ. That's it. That's the ingredient for the cooking. Just add Russ. Throws the ball and it is deflected. Because a loser of this game is in a world of hurt. Today's guests. NFL on Fox analyst, Mark Schlereth. Two-time Super Bowl champion, LaShawn McCoy. Plus, owner and CEO of WOW, Women of Wrestling, Jeannie Buss, and David McClain. And now, it's Rich Eisen. That's fact. That's true. That's true. Show me on camera so it can be proven. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's proof. I'm here. It's the Rich Eisen Show, live from Los Angeles, California, here on the Roku Channel, Channel 210. For those watching on all Roku devices, Samsung Smart TVs and Amazon Fire TVs, we say hello to you and thank you for getting us for free. And then you can watch us on the Roku app wherever you want on any mobile device. The Roku channel's free there. Same at therokuchannel.com. We say hello to our terrestrial radio listeners. Thanks to the Westwood One system that's being put together and cobbled together for the Rich Eisen Show listening audience terrestrially. And we uh, appreciate the Cumulus Podcast Network putting this show out every single day, all three hours on a podcast form. We say hello to those listening on the Odyssey app, Sirius XM, Radio Sirius 218 XM 202 on the app. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show is a neat little backstop if you miss anything over the next three hours. But we also re-air right away on Channel 210. That's the way we roll on the Roku channel. How are you, Christopher Brockman? Good to see you, sir. Rich, I have Russell Wilson in fantasy. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Jay Felly, do you want to get up and give him a hug? You want to get up and give him a hug? Lots of Raider fan who feels zero, zero, zero sympathy for anybody who's got a Bronco offensively. TJ Jefferson, light that candle. How are you over there, sir? What's going on? The thing is, Broncos fans... Don't worry, you have at least tw- till 2028 to figure this whole thing out. So, I mean, look, time is on your side. Very so good. You've got that going for you, which very is nice. good. Yeah, very, very good. Let's ride. Let's, hashtag. No, no, Don't forget a, the hashtag. You had a sad let's ride. He's like, Broncos country. Well, we'll ride. get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. You know, uh, we're, we're so proud here on the Rich Eisen Show whenever we get an exclusive, and we have one. We do. Yeah, man. From And, and this is really special uh, because it's Tom Brady. Oh. And anything that Tom Brady does when he does something specifically for us, it's really um, greatly appreciated. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. As you know, he's got that Fox deal coming up. Uh, once ever he's done, he goes in the booth and he becomes an analyst. And um, But he's already provided his first analysis for us, just exclusively. Tom Brady, this is Tom Brady uh, saying, I mean, I, 
thank you for helping get this soundbite, Chris. Yeah, I know no, I know no. you're acting like you don't know what we're doing. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but this is Tom Brady on Thursday Night Football uh, on the Colts and wow. Broncos. This is analysis of that game. I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of, yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. Well done, Tom. <laughs> you got a future. Uh, nailed it. Got a future. Jeez. Got a future. Did we really sit through that? Yes, last we night? did. Yes, we did. Here we go. Last night's Thursday night football week five kickoff. Seven field goals, twelve punts, twenty-five third down stops. <laughs> Defenses got off the field on Thursday night twenty-five times. Four interceptions, Stop. six fumbles. Wait for it. Not a single recovery by a defense. <laughs> wow. They were all recovered by the fumbling team. And this is a defense. Again, defenses got off the field 25 times on third down last night and sacked quarterbacks 10 times, but zero recoveries of fumbles, despite six of them being put on the ground. And wait a minute. This is the best one. I love this one. Russell Wilson, last night, we all know, rough night for Russ. 51-yard pass to Cortland Sutton. That was awesome. It was it was a double catch by his team. <laughs> Cortland Sutton ripped it out of the hands of Montreal Washington. And the reason why there were two Broncos around the ball is because the ref took out one of the Colts defenders. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. That was when the Benny Hill theme really needed to be played. <sighs> oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of bad football. Damn straight. Oh, my goodness gracious. Was that dreadful? It was so bad. How bad was it? It was so bad, they gave away free prime delivery today to anybody who could prove they watched the whole thing on Amazon last night. (laughs) It was so bad. How How bad bad was was it? it? They called out the poop cart for the whole game. (laughs) It was so bad. Rich, how how bad bad was it? Diehard Broncos fans left the game when it hit overtime. Wait, I'm being told that happened? Yeah, that was real. I've been to this stadium (laughs) multiple times. That was real. I have been to the football-loving city of Denver, Colorado. I have lost track. Do they love the Broncos in Denver? I'll answer that question for you. Oh, yeah, they do. They get pissed when you hear Arrowhead's the loudest stadium in in all of football when they think it's not even the loudest stadium in the division. Third down, incomplete. The whole business, you hear it. They go crazy. It is Your ears are ringing when it gets that loud in that stadium. It's nuts. And they said, we've had enough of tonight's game. (laughs) They acted like they live in Los Angeles, like there's a 405. (laughs) They got out of there to beat the traffic. 110. (laughs) I've never seen that. They're like, we've had enough of the game. We're leaving. And kudos to Amazon. They showed them them walking out. They showed them walking out inside the stadium, out, and they walked, showed him outside the stadium, walking to the parking lot. Fred Goodelli had two shots teed up of these people leaving the game. Al Michaels, he had had enough of the game. Well, early, know, on, early, early on, Al was making cracks the whole time. And Kirk Herbstreet, you know, people are on Twitter like he's a stick in the mud. He's new to the NFL. Last thing he's going to do is yeah. show up. Of course. Al, he, I think he'd sat back wisely and let Al handle all that. Yeah, yeah. Smart move, Kirk. <laughs> Honestly, I thought when this game was over, 
I thought I was going to use the line, do you believe in miracles? One more time. <laughs> that it was over. Somebody that we were through won. it. We made it through the rain, to use a Manilow phrase. <laughs> I you, Look. <laughs> and I knew it, too. I knew it, too. That's the way we do it in this world, because we love winners in the NFL. We love winners in the NFL. And I knew whichever team was going to lose this game was going to get savaged, savaged by a fan base that sat through it, okay? Yep. Savaged. It's a nationally televised game or streamed game, however you want to state it. People were begging for their internet to go down last night sometimes. No, I, That's I how bad it was. Uh, how bad it was. Okay, so. so. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Shout out Coop. That was Amari Cooper from this very. Uh, A week ago today. Right? Yeah, very, I think. In, Gee, well, fellas, almost, God almost bless you're here go, and paying attention. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Anybody who's going to lose is going to get savaged. To the point where. The Colts just, what are we just going to let them off scot-free? Well, no, they really stunk, too. Oh, my God. They were terrible. They were really Bernard bad. Ryman, the yeah. left tackle. How many times can somebody get called for holding in a half? Here's the answer. Three. Oh, man. And then there were other penalties by him, and then Matt Ryan had someone in his lap the entire time. I don't know what the hell's happened to Did this offensive line. you call him an line. iron deer yesterday? The, the iron deer in yeah, the front lawn. I, I mean, and the number of times, and then he was just throwing it right to some Broncos defenders, and you're like, what the hell's happening? And then Russ was like, hold my beer. <laughs> on what are you thinking and hold what are my, you doing? Hold my subway sandwich. Hold my subway sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> so here is Russell Wilson, and then this is what and I'll get to what concerns me most about the Broncos moving forward with Russ and everything else. This was Russell Wilson after the game. After on a fourth and one, they throw it. With Richard Sherman in the building, and he didn't miss his shot afterwards, did he? Ooh, nope. So they throw it, and he's in the pocket, and he throws it late, and it's incomplete, and the game is over. And the Colts, despite how terrible they looked and how much the Broncos were dominant on defense, the Colts are the team that walks out with a win. They're at 500 at 2 2 and 1, and the Broncos are at 2 and 3. And Russell Wilson, a dreadful night. Two interceptions, one that he threw up for grabs like a punt, and then another one on third and four with a three-point game, and he throws an interception, meaning they can't even kick the field goal to go up by six and force a Colts team that couldn't put anything together to go the entire length of the field for a touchdown to win. He cost his team that opportunity. And then the dreadful finish, and this is the way he finished up his press conference, prefaced by some of his comments about his play on the night. You know, I let the team down tonight. And uh, the good thing is, one thing I know about myself is I'm going to respond. I don't know any other way. Um, And, uh, you know, I I always believe in myself, always believe in this team, uh, believe in what we can do. Um, believe what I can do. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. Now, that's the that's the issue here, is that he's new here. And Seattle fans are very familiar with the Russ you just heard. Take the responsibility on your shoulders. Say, I believe in this team, and I believe in myself and my ability. And then finish this press conference with a 
rallying cry. It was always go Hawks for all those years. Go Hawks. And the number of times he said go Hawks, it was after a win or after a, a loss that never really alarmed the fan base so significantly that the direction of the franchise was at question. That, sort, that stuff rings hollow to a new town and a new team, potentially. I don't know what is going on in that locker room, but I did see K.J. Hamler wide open on that final play and him slam his helmet to the ground like he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory coming into this season in Denver. Not Russell Wilson. 37 career receptions for K.J. Hamler, who slams his helmet down. I I don't... Did I mean... I didn't see every snap of Seahawks football in Russell Wilson's tenure there. A lot of other people may have. You can call me any Seattle fan. Did anybody ever slam their helmet to the turf angry at Russell Wilson or the circumstances that Russell Wilson played a large role in bringing about to show their frustration? Have you ever seen that? I've never seen that. Can't recall. I mean, but we don't see James every... Palmer. Just right, go, James Palmer. KJ Hamler just all chatty Kathy to, to James Palmer after the game. <laughs> I could have walked in. Okay, yeah, KJ. He, he's not we lying, are, though, Rich. No, I know he's not lying, but guess what? He's guess wide what? Over. Guess what? Guess what? KJ Hamler's not getting to the Super Bowl with, uh, what, is it Son of Rippin behind him? Mark Rippin's kid? Is that Mark Rippin's kid or nephew or whatever? That ain't happening. That ain't happening. And Nathaniel Hackett is not staying a second longer in Denver if Russell Wilson doesn't turn it around. These are facts. These are facts. And frustration, I get it. I totally understand it. Because I even said it after that Sunday night game when they struggled to beat San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. I said that after, after the game that it looked like Tebow time where they're booing the offense nonstop. But at least at the end of that game in San Francisco, Russ time hit, and he took it over, and he scored, you know, let a touchdown drive to win the game. That just didn't happen last night because he made the mistakes. That interception he threw at the end of the game in regulation is just an absent. He knows it, too. He admitted after the game he can't do that. But he's not himself. And you have to look at the coach for that. Because you ain't looking at the guy who's got $245 million contract. That is for sure. And Nathaniel Hackett, I don't, I don't know what he can do right now, but nothing is working. He gets criticized in week one, rightfully so, for taking the game out of Russ's hands and putting it on the leg of Brandon McManus. And then now he's getting criticized for taking the ball out of Melvin Gordon's on all-state-like hands and putting it in the hands of Russell Wilson on fourth and one. Okay? And he's got to be sitting there going, what do you want from me? You know, I'm calling running plays inside the red zone in Seattle and everybody's fumbling. And now I'm saying, Russell Wilson, let's throw it. Let's ride. Let's ride. And it doesn't work. And I go for the win here. And you criticize me for this. I'm like, well, yeah nothing's working a lot of bad football and if you want to figure out like your decision making now you also see you know old man rossberg or old ross hadburn or up sitting there in the booth telling him you know whatever he's telling him about game management last night the colts called timeout 
in overtime because they marched right down in two plays, right? The yeah. blown coverage on Jerry Judy after yeah. a long run by Melvin Gordon, and here we go. Let's ride, Bronco country, inside the red zone, which has been their bugaboo all year. All year. The Colts fire off a timeout, and then the Broncos fire off one of their own. Back-to-back timeouts. You got the Colts on their heels to the point where you call timeout. Then you call timeout again to do what? Call that pass play. You need, you need, you need, you need the help of the guy upstairs to tell you how to do that. And you're and you're fan sitting there thinking it's nine nine going into overtime. I'm out of here. And that's where an owner, despite you know being new to the game or thinking the commissioner's name is Goodle or whatever. When they see fans just strolling with their feet in the middle of a game when it's going to overtime and the Broncos fans are so diehard, they don't miss this. They drive sometimes from like the Dakotas to come in. People drive from like Kansas to go west to go to a game. You know, like, and and those fans are like, I'm out. I got to get going. Because I want to, I got to get home for you know before the sun rises, for work Friday. I mean, honestly, that's when a, a, an owner sits back and goes, "What the hell is going on down there?" That's what I'm concerned about. They're just two and three, and uh, Jay Felly, if you're Raiders yes. and the team that you mean you're Raiders, uh, I mean, you know the our, team that I predicted, our, our, our Raiders, Mr. Hines, uh, uh, here. Yeah, it's our time. It's our time. Our it's our time. <laughs> Hey, look, I can easily pivot and say I made the wrong call. It's his team, no, win or lose. That's a good So, point. So um, <laughs> if, the, if the Raiders could shock the world and win on Monday night, Broncos country is just let's ride in a game out of first place. Yeah. So we're marathoning still, but my concern is this is a long march already in September that's bleeding into October, and I don't see a way out of it. Garrett Bowles got hurt. Javante Williams not walking through that door. Randy Gregory's out for a while. And Russ can say, let's ride all he wants, but he's got to ride it. He's got to walk it and talk it and ride it. And right now, it's just a lot of talk. talk. And in a new spot where KJ Hamlers of the world are throwing down their helmets and people are walking out of a game when it hits to overtime with their feet in a spot I've never seen that before, that's a problem. Mark Slareth has been around that Broncos country. He's going to let's ride into this show coming up very shortly. In about five minutes' time, uh, LaShawn McCoy is going to be chiming in as well. Our usual Friday fun of what's more likely. T.J. Jefferson gives you fantasy advice from his pulpit. We've also got ourselves some sneaky good games from Chris Brockman. I'll preview some other games in week number five. Also, that's what's more likely that Christopher Brockman's got all teed up, as I mentioned. 844 204 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Let's take a break. Oh, by the way, also Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, is uh, here to talk about the uh, wow women wow. of wrestling world wow. yeah, man. that she has uh, helped um, put together. Um, and uh, she's bringing a guest with her, and we'll talk about that here on this program. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the show. We take a break. Mark, Mark Schlereth will be calling in. He's calling Vikings Bears. He's in Minnesota. He'll join us next. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Joining us here is a man who knows all about the pressures of playing football in Denver and or the pressures that the current Denver team feels has to be because of all the championships in part that this guy won. He's now joining us from Fox Sports uh, in Minnesota right now. He's calling the Vikings and the Bears on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line back here on the Rich Eisen th- Show. Three-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Mark Schlereth. How you doing, Mark? I am well. I'm. 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 Me personally, I'm doing great, yep. Rich. After watching that game, um, maybe the worst game in the history of the National Football League last night. Gosh, it was awful. So, well, what? Why? What? What? What was last night all about when you saw that? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's so funny because we try to make this game so complicated. Uh, like it is. Like the thing that fascinates me about football, Rich, is the juxtaposition between simplicity and complexity. You know, there's a complexity part to this game that's that's really fascinating from a strategy standpoint, but the bottom line is this game is simple. If you dominate the line of scrimmage, you win. And nobody could dominate the line of scrimmage, at least on the offensive side of the football. Uh, quarterbacks under duress, it, was, it just looked ugly. And then decision-making. Like, it is so hard... I think as a as a head coach sometimes to be in complete and control total control of of play calling at the same time and manage a football game and you know there's a point there on a third down where Russell Wilson throws an interception because he's targeting Tyreek Hill in the end zone and you know I mean <laughs> Stephon Gilmore undercuts it and intercepts the ball and the whole time I'm like screaming at the television going just run the ball kick a field goal 
like the odds of the the odds of of the Colts going seventy five yards and scoring a touchdown, like they haven't moved it forty yards. They they can't move the football. They can't protect their quarterback. Like what are you what are you what are you trying to prove? This is about winning a football game, not style points. Like you don't get style points. But I mean, if he was, and that's what's really confusing to me about the Broncos, Mark. Let's jump, let's jump into this using that as a jumping off point is that if it was style points, then they would never have hired you know, Jerry Rossberg to come in and sit up there and, and be, what, the angel on, on the shoulder of their new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, he would have been concerned about how that looked. He says he's fine with that. But now Rossberg comes in, and, and, and then what? I mean, you call a pass in the end zone uh, on that part of the game where you just need to kick a field goal and get out of dodge. But then again, you didn't expect Russell Wilson to throw the interception. Also, towards the end of that game, in 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 the moment in overtime where the Colts call timeout and then the Broncos call timeout, only to come out and then throw a pass when you could run the football. It just seems to be a complete and total mess from the operation the execution, and now the confidence level of a guy who was on the path to the Hall of Fame when he arrived in Denver in five games in. We're wondering what happened to that guy. Yeah. Mark? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's perplexing. And the other thing is you get all the way down there, and you've run the ball okay getting down to that position. Right. And now in a fourth down and one situation, this happened in Baltimore last week, fourth and, you know, fourth and short uh, on the goal line, and you decided to go shotgun empty. Now, they had a back in the backfield in Denver. Baltimore went shotgun empty. But my thought process is you've already, you've already created, like the one thing a defense wants to do, they always tell you, like when you go into these production meetings, Rich, right, you talk to the defense coordinator. Yeah. They're like, hey, number one priority, stop the run. Make them one-dimensional. You go out there on a fourth down and one, and you're out in shotgun, and you spread your offense, you make yourself one-dimensional. The defense says, oh, gosh, thanks. We appreciate that because now we don't have to play the run. Now we can eliminate that from our thought process. And so when you come into a situation, especially on the goal line, when you're a short yardage situation, Rich, and your center or your, your quarterback gets under center and you've got, you know, you've got running backs in the backfield and that's a potential, as a defender, you have to guess because – you have to sit there and say, okay, what by formation and everything that we've seen so far on film, what are they going to do? And you have to say, hey, man, I've got to sell out on this run. I've, I've got to sell out. I've got to stop this. So if you do flag play action, the odds are, you know, as a defender, especially as a linebacker, mm-hmm. you have to play low to high, meaning you've got to play the run first. You've got to step up there, and then you've got to fall back and scramble and try to defend the pass. When you get in the shotgun, you're like the only thing they can do is quarterback draw, and I can play that from a deeper from a deeper standpoint. So as a as a like a linebacker, instead of being three yards deep, all of a sudden I cheat a yard and a half or two yards. Now I'm covering more of the end zone, and I'm taking away the levels because you always try to run one receiver underneath, right on the goal line, and one the back end line, right? Well, if I can play that in a yard and a half deeper. I've made that window for the quarterback to throw it over me into the back of the end zone. I've made it so much tougher. So I, I don't. I will never ever understand 
why you would line up that way as an offensive play caller and eliminate something for a defense. I don't want I want everything I want every option on the table as an offensive player. Why do you do that to yourself? I don't understand. Well, the difference between what you just laid out from the Ravens last week and what we saw last night, um, well, there's there's a similarity and then there's a difference. The similarity is the play call in Baltimore worked. Um, Lamar had two wide open receivers on that fourth and goal, and he didn't hit either one because there was a rush in his face or he didn't throw it when he should have. And, you know, and then it was the coach who got blamed. Um, last night, um, the play worked, and KJ Hamler was wide open right in front of Russ, and he didn't hit him. And Hamler, with his 37 career receptions, slams his helmet down. And I don't think I've ever seen a Seahawk receiver do that in frustration with Russell Wilson. So my question for you is, what is going on with Russ and this team already five games in to 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 have this frustration be so easily flown in yeah, our faces? Well, because, I mean, think about what they've been able to accomplish. They scored 16 points against Seattle, 16 points against Houston, 11 points against San Francisco in a victory, 23 points against the Raiders, and last night a whopping nine. There, there's reason. They thought they were coming in here, and they thought that this was going to be, you know, this was going to be this offensive juggernaut that we have created, and, and Russ and, you know, and Hackett and the way it's going to work, and it has been anything but. And, you know, and, and you're right about, you know, the, the play calling. The other difference is it was like fourth and four in Baltimore, right? And they went empty. It was fourth and one in Denver. Mm. But I will say this. From a play design standpoint, so number one, you get the man-to-man tell right off the bat, right? Yeah. And you run a pick route on Hamler's yeah. side, and so Hamler gets wide open. But you're running something in the West Coast offense they call halfback burst, meaning the halfback who is on the right hand or the left hand side of Russell goes through the B gap, and then he comes across the field. So Russell, all he has to do is hold the safety, right? You hold the safety, that's going to come wide open. That's why he's looking to the left initially holding the safety. When he peeks back over to the right to throw it to Hamler, that halfback burst created interference, body presence. So he had to wait for the second window to open. So Hamler had to go like where he wanted to hit him, all of a sudden the running back getting over there. So from a play design standpoint, that play sucks from a play design standpoint <laughs> because your own guy created interference. So you had to hold the ball for a second and throw it to the second window, which was the back of the end zone. And by the time you held the ball, you know, people just start flowing that way because now you hold the ball and you have to look. And your eyes take everybody over there, including Cortland Sutton. That ball was not meant for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I know. That ball was meant for K.J. Hamler. Yeah, it sure was. And Cortland was like, let me go make a play. Like, the design of that play sucked. <laughs> like, you, you created your own, your own defenders. So, yeah, I, Rich, I wish I could sit here and tell you, hey, it's an easy fix. But, you know, when things aren't going well... And you start guessing or second-guessing yourself, and you start losing confidence. Um, that was the most humbled Russell Wilson in his press conference I think I've ever seen. He still said... It, was, it wasn't defeated, right. but it was certainly... Oh, gosh. He still finished with Broncos country, let's ride. And, 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 and it just rings hollow. There's just no other way to put it, you know, because nobody is... You know, needs to be rallied, right, at this point in time, other than... The, the 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 guys in the locker room because the fans are the fans are they walked out of a yeah. of a tie game in overtime like we don't need to see 
The rest of it, I've never in my 20 years seen that with the NFL, Mark, where fans are voting with their feet to beat the traffic in a game that's going to overtime. I've never seen anything like that. So when you ask, like, what is the fix? They are just two and three. That's the good news, right? They're just two and three. But it's another nationally televised game next week. And and I ask you, and I know you're you're in Minnesota, and I'll hit you on that game in a second. What is the sense in Denver that you think is there a hot seat for a first year head coach? Is there potentially one because they're not getting rid of the guy with the two hundred forty five million dollar contract? That's for damn sure. You're one hundred percent right. And last week, Rich, now I was in New York last week hosting, uh, you know, doing some TV work uh, uh-huh. for FS1, but um, you know, kept in touch with all my guys on the radio station there in Denver. And the big scuttlebutt is, is Peyton Manning, or excuse me, not Peyton Manning, is, is Sean Peyton ready to come back? Would he come back to Denver? Would he leave TV? Because, you know, the big speculation was mm. he was waiting for the Dallas job to open. But would he come to Denver? Like, that's what, that's what people are speculating now. Like, that the hot seat, it, like, legitimately, after five games, they're like Nathaniel Hackett isn't the right guy. What are we going to do? And I, I like I've never seen anything like it. I'm with you. When I saw people shuffling out yeah. of the state, like were they announcing that they're going to get refunded tickets if you leave now? You can get your ticket refunded. Like what? I, I've never seen anything like this. Is Denver, Colorado? Like people are are rabid about the yeah. Broncos. It, it, it it's I. I can't even fathom what happened. What I witnessed last night was something I've never witnessed before. Mark Schlereth here on the Rich Eisen Show. And as I said, to open the show, anybody was losing that game when everyone was sitting through it and uh, you know sticking through it, whether they're a diehard fan of the sport or it's fantasy or gambling purposes or whatever. Whoever was losing that game was going to get savaged. Colts would have gotten savaged too if they had dropped that game because they, they looked terrible. What is with that offensive line? What happened to what we yeah. thought was going to be Ryan's savings, Ryan's career, end of his career, that the, he's finally playing behind a terrific offensive line. They've been terrible. Awful. I mean, what happened? awful. And, and Quentin Nelson's been, you know, arguably the best guard in football the last several years. Right. He doesn't look the same. Um, you know, they lost Ryan Kelly in the game last night, but none of them have looked good. And they've done nothing well. They haven't been able to run the ball. Their combination blocks have been horrible. Uh, you know, every they haven't gotten movement. They can't pass protect. Simple games, Rich. Like, simple day one, like, hey, man, they're running tackle-tackle or tackle-end. And it's like they've never seen it before. Walk-up linebacker walks up, and it's like they busted and can't pick it up. They Like, simple things that they're not doing. And then last night, they had... Three-fifths of the offensive line shuffled positions. They had the rookie left tackle in, came in there. Then they moved their left tackle to right tackle, and they they switched out uh, their right tackle and moved him into, into right guard. And, like, that was going to fix the issues. Like, you just you just created three more issues. You know, you know what that's like, Rich? That's like, that's like leaving the United States on vacation and going to Europe and having to drive on the other side of the road. It's very uncomfortable, and you have to constantly think. There's no reaction. It's all thinking. And when you think, it makes you a step slow. And then you put in Denver and crowd noise and Mm -hmm. everything else. 
they couldn't block anything. Now, you may not crash, but you certainly are not going to feel comfortable. But for the, if you're out on European vacation for a week, you'll never fi- feel comfortable when you get behind the wheel, ever. And that was what that game was last night. But that's been, that's been consistent. That's been their whole, like all season long, they've been awful up front. It's terrible. I know, but hey, they're 2-2-1. Two, two this league, man. This league. They're 2-2-1. Two, two crazy, isn't it? Yeah, they have the same number of wins as the other teams that are in first place in the division. In Jacksonville, who they're playing next, next week. Jacksonville, however, has a, a game against Houston coming up. And then uh, the Tennessee Titans have two, and they're, they're going to visit Carson Wentz. Uh, one would think that, uh, that, that that should go in the Titans' favor. A few minutes left here with Mark Schlereth from Minnesota Vikings and Bears on Fox. The best team you've seen so far through four weeks of calling games is is which one, Mark Schlereth? Philadelphia. Okay. You didn't stutter? Go for yeah. it. What did you see? What did you see? Well, like like some teams, Rich, are big and strong. Some teams are fast and athletic. Uh-huh. Philadelphia is big, strong, fast, and athletic. That's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> like, it's a real problem. Uh, you know, when you game plan, like as a, as a coach, you uh-huh. game plan – for a defense, right? You're always looking at, hey, who can hurt us as a defensive lineman? How are we going to mitigate that particular individual? You know, you line up against the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Bosa. Okay, how are we going to stop Nick Bosa? Like, that's a, that's a problem over there, right? So we got to figure that out. Like, you look at you look at uh, Philadelphia, they have those guys. Fletcher Cox is a problem. Javon Hargrave, that's, that's an issue. He's a tough guy to to defend, you know, uh, Hassan Reddick when he decides that he's not going to play linebacker but D-end, that, that's an issue. Brandon Graham's come back from Michigan, your alma mater. Dude is a, not a good football player. At 13 years, he's a great football player mm. still coming off the Achilles. So that's an issue. And then the other thing you look at is outside. Who can we attack corner-wise? Well, I would argue with you right now that the tandem, the two best corners in football as a tandem are Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Like, those guys are legit. So there's no real weaknesses there with that defense. And offensively, they can – I mean, what kind of game do you want to get into for when it comes to running the football? Do you want us to bludgeon you because we're big and strong and we can bludgeon you? Or do you want us to outmaneuver you and get to the edge because we're super fast and athletic as well? Like, that's a real problem. So they present those problems. The one question mark was their quarterback. Well, you know, talking to Nick Sirianni, their head coach, I said, well, what's, you know, Jalen Hurts, what's the ceiling? He goes, Mark, I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is because every day he comes in and every day he gets better than the last day. The dude is like a CEO. He's like a complete businessman. You can't even get him to crack a smile in a meeting. That guy is so focused. Like, I, I just think they're really a really good football team. Mark Schlereth, before I let you go, man, um, again, you're a three-time champ. Know the Denver sports scene and the Broncos scene very well. Know the front office. Know uh, up until, you know, recently, I guess, ownership pretty well as well. Um, crystal ball it for me. I know that's a cliche. You don't have a crystal ball. But uh, Denver has another game, standalone game, whole country watching, Monday Night Football next week uh, at the Chargers, and then home dates, two home dates against the Jets and the Jaguars. One would think, quote-unquote, winnable games, but you've got uh, the Jets, you've got, uh, and then Jacksonville is going to be another uh, game. That's in London, so another standalone game. My bad. So you got the Jets and then a London game and then a bye. Then you got the rest of the season. What do you think is going to happen? Give me, give me your best guess as to what can happen for the Chargers this year. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, well, I, I mean the Broncos this year. Yeah, sorry. No, I knew what you were saying. Yeah, my bad. I, I think right now, listen, you got this. You mentioned it Monday night. If if things don't look markedly better Monday night, I don't know what's gonna. I, I really don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, they have you know the guy they wanted, that Billy Turner at the right tackle. He has not even played this year. You got a backup right tackle now. Your your Bowles, who's your left tackle, is out with a broken leg. So you're gonna have a backup left tackle. You haven't blocked people. Uh, Melvin Gordon puts the ball on the ground more than grass. You don't trust him. Mm. Uh, you lost Javante Williams. You haven't developed chemistry with any of your wide receivers other than Cortland Sutton. You don't have a tight end who has uh, got a dual threat personality. So you've got two. You've got a couple guys that can run block. You got a couple guys that are pass receivers. So they're automatic tells. Rich, I don't like right now. I I don't see an end in sight. I don't like those are real issues that you don't you don't figure out because you know you change the play caller or you have a couple new designs. Like those are real issues that I don't. I just don't see them fixing. And let me just tell you, you think the Jets are a winnable game? Oh, no. Uh, you know, they're no. playing better. And I, t- I, I tell you one thing, Jacksonville is one of those teams that I don't think a lot of people want to play. They, that's a physical football team. So, like, they're in trouble right now. If, if things don't dramatically get better, and I don't see how they will, they're in trouble. Especially in London. Uh, I've called Jacksonville games in London. That's a home game for the Jaguars. It is. Yeah. It's in Wembley. I mean, the, the owner owns the stadium. I mean, it, it, it really does bode poorly uh, and i just said the jets one would think is a winnable game uh, i think the jets have a better offense than denver's right now period they have better playmakers right now making better plays um and yeah, I, I never thought i would say that about russell wilson in an offense but uh, I, I again just two touchdowns through the first three home games for broncos fans to see just two and only one of them's in the air one of them's on the ground Right. And uh, I, so i i don't know and we'll find out i guess if the walton family's got an itchy you know firing uh, trigger. Yeah, 90, I don't know. Hey, ninety. They could have scored so far this season in the red zone ninety eight points. I think they've scored just over thirty. Wow, that, that's where they are right now. And I would, I'll tell you this: if you said, "Hey, man, I'll trade you all the Broncos receivers straight up for all the Jets receivers," I couldn't line up quick enough to make that trade. Mark Schlereth, thanks for the time. Look forward to your call with the Vikings and Bears, and look for more of my phone calls. Always appreciate it when you're on the show, brother. Anytime, Rich. Take Thanks, care, buddy. That's Mark Schlereth of Fox Sports right here on the Rich Eisen Show. This NFL season, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Triple headers, the International Series, and every postseason game. Hey, Broncos fans, it, it, you know, you, you might not be feeling so great about your team, but at least uh, one of your star players didn't sucker punch another and then somebody leaked the video from practice. Man. We'll hit that. <laughs> That's next right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show before LaShawn McCoy stops by and the same with Jeannie Buss and David McLean of Wow Women of Wrestling. That's coming up. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Audible, folks. The Rich Eisen Show is on Audible. Greatest audio entertainment is on Audible. So is the latest and greatest. Everything you want to hear with podcasts, audio books, exclusive originals, comedy, sports stories, deep dives with athletes and entertainers, business, and anything else that you're into. With Audible, you get access to thousands of included titles with more added every week. Listen on the road, at the gym, or anywhere you want to fuel up your imagination. Join and get 30 days free at the home of storytelling, audible.com. It was right around this time last year that I was thinking to myself, maybe the Warriors can go on a nice little run. Literally was thinking that, and as you know, on this program, I predicted the Warriors would win. He did. The NBA championship said that they would beat the Nets. Was way off on that one, <laughs> but uh, said the Warriors are going to win. And it was right around now, I just thought, you know, Clay's coming back, Steph, you know, this, that, still Draymond and Steph, and Clay's now back, and... You know, I just thought Andrew Wiggins. It was around this time last year. We wonder if Wiggins was going to get vaccinated, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that was yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. to Big do. Yeah. Didn't see Jordan Poole coming. To be very honest, he turned nah, out to be I, such a crucial member of that star. team when He's Clay was star. was out and then getting up to speed, and then he, he would just he was he's a a scorer. Something's up with him and Draymond Green. That's for sure. And Thank we're not supposed to know this. This stuff's supposed to be in house, and it certainly was kept in house. The it being um, a, a piece of video that TMZ has acquired, which means which means they bought it. Somebody somebody just made a nice, pretty penny, yeah. and I'm sure the mole hunt is on. A little no way out re- uh, sequels going on right now in the Warriors country. Let's ride. <laughs> but uh, you know the video is all over Twitter and all over social media, as yeah, it's man. known, and it's it's a practice where you could. See that Draymond right around the arc and uh, three-point arc. And um, and then Jordan Poole on the baseline, somewhat underneath the basket. You could see they're kind of getting closer and closer and definitely chirping at each other, it yeah, seems. Draymond, no, no, it seemed he, like Draymond's coming closer. Draymond Poole was doing a lot won. of no, the talking. But well, yeah. no, no. Poole was just standing there, yeah, right. and then Draymond's getting closer. Draymond's That's correct. There. That's a very important, I yeah, think. Yeah, Draymond, uh, Draymond walked yeah. over. Note, but they're chirping at each other. And then Draymond got in his face like like – like forehead to forehead in yeah. the face and Jordan Poole shoved him off. And then that's when, Boom. I mean, a huge haymaker right put Poole right down oh, on the ground. Like Do we punch. know when this video is from? Uh, it's from within the last week. Yeah, oh, it just happened. Does, yeah. Did did Poole have to, did he break his jaw? I mean, that's one of those things where he, that's that a we, serious, that we don't know. to the take only... a right hand yeah. from Draymond Green like that, unprotected right to the face. He went down when like a ton of bricks. Either. I mean, you know, of course there's comments on social media. But it's a but sucker are, punch or whatever. No, no, what are you going to do? You shoved away Draymond. Yeah. You, you're not supposed to put your hand, you're not supposed to punch out your teammate. Yeah. 
I if mean, you're in the street, that's a completely different story. You're in practice, man. And yeah, people are like, well, if someone pushes you, what do you expect? If a man gets up in your face and practicing your friends and you give him a little shove off, you're not expecting like punches to fly, right, Chris? Like we're at practice, yeah, we're teammates. Practice, we're not in the alley, you know, after 2 a.m., you know, after we left the bar. Like that's ridiculous. And man. there's some media reports out there. I know Chris Haynes had something that was kind of like almost weirdly defending it. Like, oh, reports are Jordan Poole has had an attitude all preseason because he wants an extension. Well, yeah, of course he wants an extension. He is awesome. He balled out. He's arguably your second best player right now. So I don't blame him one bit for wanting his money. Green is not with the team today. He expects to return Saturday, according to Steve Kerr. Bob Myers, the GM, says that Draymond has apologized to the team. Apparently this happened a couple of days ago. Practice, pool practice Thursday. Green didn't. Okay, that's good. I don't know, Apologize man. Apologize to the team this morning, says Bob Myers. Jordan was there in the room. I was there in the room with the team, the coaches, the players, and we heard that. They're going to handle in, uh, discipline internally. Jay, uh, Curry said, JP's been great. There's nothing that warranted the situation yesterday. And added that one of Green's superpowers is bringing his fire competitiveness and voice. Not his fist. Hey, look, here's the deal. If they say that they're going to be able to put this thing to bed and go play basketball, that looks to be what's happening. Couldn't be me, man. I just, there's no way you can. uh, They're going to put this aside and try and play basketball. That's the background here. This is much different than just like a verbal confrontation between Draymond and Kevin Durant, right? This is a lot. This is Big time different situation in my Well, opinion. I mean, he's a much younger player and a guy on the rise, a guy who's not doesn't want to leave. He wants a ma- you know, he wants a max to stay. He's kind of the cornerstone of your future if you want to keep this dynasty going, right. which I'm sure Steph Curry does. I just think you're gonna see one of those Jordan Poole threes and Draymond Green dapping him up and we'll see what happens. And st- if there's anybody who knows how to handle this stuff, it's a it's a coach who's taken a punch from Michael Jordan. I'm yeah. serious. Like Kerr. I, I totally get I, it. I mean, they got a right guy for the job here, right? Yeah. You know what? I might be okay with taking a punch from Michael Jordan because I know we're going to get a ring when it's all said and done. Well, but, I mean, Draymond's a guy who's going to help you get a ring, don't you think? Not Michael by getting Jordan. buckets. Or Not anything. a ring in your ear, though. I mean, a <laughs> ring in your head. Wow. That's a backdrop of the Warrior season. Championship defense. That video is wild. Yeah, it just, first of all, you hate to see it. It was just, it, and we don't, obviously, we don't know what was said. Nope. There's no audio. We don't know what went on before that. I mean, it's about a 40-second clip. Well, they're going to keep it internally. And uh, I, I guess, doesn't Draymond do his own podcast? He'll, he'll, he'll address it. I'm sure that he will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'll address it and make sure that you, you, you so tune he, into no, it. But, and he's going to make sure you know his version. I mean, what they should do is he should have Jordan Poole on the podcast, and then they can hash it out. Why don't they, they – they've got to suspend him, right? I mean, that's the discipline. They've got to sit him down for a game. But isn't this weirdly an Aaron Donald situation? What, are you going to suspend him for the home opener where you get the rings and the banner? Oh, boy. It's like wow. hockey. In hockey, you have a beer and move on. But hockey fighting is an accepted yeah. part of the culture. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it strikes it's me not as the an same Aaron thing. Donald it's situation different. where it's over now. Don't you think Kerr will be able to handle this? Like, like that? you got the right guy for the job. I'm he, sure he I mean, the number of times Kerr has to, that. number of times Kerr must sit in his office, close the door, and just shake his head and go, "Man, this league." I don't know, Rich. I can't I mean, get over that one though, dog. Like you can't, dude. <laughs> that he was lived vicious, through the man. last dance. I mean, 
know. This stuff that's going on right now, you think like this is something that he's not prepared for or hasn't seen before or I don't can't know can prepare for that though. I mean, you don't see this in basketball. Not I mean, that I don't was know. Violent. You don't know about that it. Was... The mole hunt is yeah. on. Who is Yuri? I mean, I hope it was worth it. I hope they got five figures. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Rent is expensive in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah.